Welcome to Drones Garage, I'm Jacob Orchard, and today with me I have Eric Peterson, and he's a Microsoft E who is involved heavily with a lot of pilot stuff, right? And so yeah. um, I'll let you introduce yourself, talk about that, and then we're going to get into some things everybody should know, whether you're flying drones or regular airplanes, right? Exactly, yeah. yes, yeah. Uh, you know, whether drones or uh, drones, airplanes, commercial um, or uh, recreational, uh, try to cover it all. Yeah. <laughs> um, my name is Eric Peterson and uh, I'm a private pilot. Uh, I also uh, have my um, remote pilot certificate, uh, the Part 107, which has just recently um, was recently um, brought forward by the FAA last yeah. August. Um, I was uh, I was a day zero um, Oh, a day zero, on. yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, day zero studying, remote pilot. I'm studying to take my test, right? Like, hey, we my can goal help. right now is to just do it in the next couple of weeks. I'll, I'll point you to some resources. Good. We can we can help out there. Um, uh, I also admin a group. Uh, we're the original FAA uh, Part 107 and Section 333. Okay. Um, where we have FAA resources, we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of well-known uh, commercial operators in there. Uh, Vic Moss, uh, Jonathan Ruprick, uh, okay. and um, uh, those guys are pretty helpful in our in our group to uh, get get uh, remote pilots going in in the commercial space. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So. So today we're gonna just we're gonna walk through if you you outline you sent me an outline and I said yeah. let's let's just talk through it on yeah. the show we'll yeah go, let's we'll talk. go through stuff and and, and it's gonna be interesting for a lot of people that that are interested in sort of getting their remote pilot knowing what they need to do and some things just about flying yeah. in general and so we have we're gonna talk about places where you could fly we're gonna talk about airspace in general and then you know, registration and some other stuff that go along the way. So let's talk about where to fly. You have a bunch of, you, you had a bunch of bullets here, like. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, there's really some, uh, there's a lot of uh, places that you're not really supposed to fly. Uh, one of those, like being gas works. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not just because of drones. Back in the 1980s, Seattle put in a, um, uh, put in an ordinance that you cannot fly a remote, uh, remote-controlled aircraft in city parks. Redmond also has the same ordinance. Oh, um, I didn't know that one. Yes, I knew Seattle did. Yeah, uh, Redmond. So most of your cities have an ordinance that that uh, will not allow you to to fly remote-controlled uh, aircraft. And the the interesting part about that is. Well, enforcement. So, not many of your uh, not many of your city police officers or county police officers are going to come and, and write you a ticket or uh, infraction because you you're flying in a park. They will if uh, if they've got a lot of complaints uh, or you're being a jerk, <laughs> um, flying over people. If you're if you're doing something dangerous, they'll step in. So, so the, the general rules, I mean, as far as like um, the FAs, uh, you know, staying under 400 feet, um, not flying yeah. over people, um, you know, just sort of general, the general UAV rules that you just need to, everybody should right. know by, right, well, are, I, what I tell people is, go read those rules, stay within them. Yeah. Okay? And then for the most part, you'll be 
it'll be within the rules all up and, and not have to worry too much about it. So, so the FAA has a, um, has a site here that, that shows you, that, that gives you those outlines. Uh, the interesting thing is for recreational, there are guidelines. <laughs> yes. Um, but for commercial aspects, uh, it, there, um, there is legal precedence there. So, uh, if you're if you're caught flying commercially and you don't have a cert, uh, you can be fined, you know, thousand dollars an incident. Now, if you are a company that's hiring somebody for commercial reasons that are, um, and and the pilot is known not to have a certificate, that company can also be fined ten times that. So. Uh, you got to be so careful. It's pretty serious. Pretty serious. Yeah, it's it's pretty yeah. serious. And so, um, you you talked in your list, you know, airports, your house, yep. um, different state parks, national parks, wildlife. So, do you, do you want to go through those real quick? Yeah. So, um, so state the let's start with the national parks. Uh, national parks are no no. Um, you're not allowed to launch or land your aircraft in in a national park. Now. That doesn't mean you can't stand outside the national park borders, <laughs> launch your drone, go fly over, <laughs> and go fly over the national park, but keeping visual line of sight. Um, because they do not control the airspace. Right. So once you launched, you are now an aircraft in FAA's eyes. So, um, and you know, you can fly over your neighbors too, perfectly fine. Uh, there is a, a myth about the 80 foot rule. Um, realistically, and I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> let's let's put that let's put that out there right now. Uh, but th there is a myth uh, that there is an 80 foot rule that you own the airspace uh, 80 feet over, and it's just it, usable space is is how it's um, how it's word. enforced. Okay. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, one thing we would like to see the, the government step in and do is some enforcement on folks that are also being bad actors against drones. So, Drone Slayer. Um, uh, section, uh, was it uh, Title 18, Section 32? Um, if the FAA recognizes our drones as aircraft, they also have to be protected as aircraft. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. So, yeah. And 18. Uh, 18 section 32 says that you're not supposed to shoot aircraft down. Ah, and that comes. It's just there's all this gray area right there now is. In, in this there whole is. in the whole space where people are like there's a whole bunch of people on the side of anti drone and there's a whole yeah. bunch of people on pro drone and then you see all these things on the internet back and forth of people just arguing about this stuff and so yeah exactly and um, a lot of it will actually be establishing precedents moving forward um, so like the Taylor. Um, the the Taylor verdict, right? Yeah. So, we're so if you about don't know, so it's, let's let's bring people up to speed on what the Taylor incident is. So yeah, yeah, it's the the Taylor verdict, the Taylor, uh, the verdict. Taylor case <laughs> against uh, the FAA. So as recreational pilots, um, you were supposed to have registered yourself, not your drone, yourself right. as a remote pilot, as a recreational remote pilot. The Taylor Act, um, Taylor Act. It's the Taylor verdict. Um, the, the case um, was about it followed 
the FAA deciding whether to use um, Section 336 of their uh, of their rules or Section 101, which is basically a copy of 336 with some twisted wording. And so that's what they got tossed out. Um, in my links that I sent to you earlier, we can we'll put links we to the show notes links, and, yeah, and some yeah. other stuff because a lot of stuff is confusing. You can, yeah, <laughs> so. there's uh, Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan put up a, a wall of text about the the ruling, and so you can go read that yourself. We won't talk too much about it here, but essentially, um, early July, you. Uh, no longer need to register yourself as a drone pilot. Right. So before then, what what you do, and and I had done this, a bunch of us had done this. Is gone. You go to the FAA, and yep. you're a hobbyist. You register. You pay the five dollars. They give yep. you a registration number for you, not yes. for your drones, and you use that registration number on all of your all of your drones that you fly yes. for recreational purposes. Now, yes. if you were flying commercially, you had to register each of those drones separately as a commercial asset. You used to have to get an N number for them. So, like okay. my early drones, I got an N number. N number, okay. <laughs> which is the same and for, uh, for if you don't know, it's the same as what you'd get for a regular full size aircraft. For a right? full size yeah. aircraft, so, yes. Um, yeah. So that Taylor verdict basically eliminated the need for for the FAA. After the verdict, the FAA came back and said, "Okay, we're going to take that registration away." Exactly. Uh, not just that is. Uh, there is a section here where they will also uh, talk to you about getting a. Um, they'll talk to you about getting a refund of your five dollars. Oh. I'm going to have so, to get a refund of my $5. So this will be another <laughs> link I'll need to provide to you, uh, but I, uh, it wasn't in my original list. But okay. uh, it, this allows you to delete yourself from that registration database. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Lots of so, fun. Lots, lots of fun. So that covered <laughs> the, I mean, so that kind of covered the national piece in your home. Yeah. yeah so, so locally, like, like, look, I, I mean, admittedly, I fly my little tiny baby hawk around the outside of my house and stuff and no, no, my neighbors haven't complained about it, so I... So more than a half a pound? No, <laughs> that, thing's, that okay, thing's really so. small. So <laughs> it's kind of why I'm like, this one's great so you're for in the outside micro, my house because yeah. it's so light and so small. Yeah. It, it doesn't really fall underneath these rules. But I mean, if you were going to fly a bigger um, quad, so what, it, what, what things would I want to be concerned about in, in that Yeah, so, so now, you, um, now that you're in, in a larger, uh, larger space, you want to be concerned about Airspace. airspace. And here's the very confusing map of airspace if you've never seen one before. So I've given <laughs> you a sectional here. Uh, we're, we're wrapped around Seattle, uh, uh, Boeing Field, and, and Renton. And the key, thing, the, okay. the key thing is look for dotted or the solid lines. Okay. And then look for anything here that says surface. And then anytime you see the dotted lines here, or here, because they're a different class airspace, when you see those dotted lines, that means that airspace is to the surface. It's for recreational, uh, for your class, uh, these are class delta or class D airspaces. Right. Um, so for, for D and C, for E, D and C airspaces, you want to contact the uh, tower if there's one available. 
right. uh, because like Renton and uh, further north, Payne, um, after dark, they shut the towers down. Right, right. Um, but SeaTac, of course, is 24-7, and Boeing Field is actually 24-7, if I recall correctly. Um, and I should be able to see that on, uh, should be able to see that on the, uh, uh, on the sectional. But, um, and then over here, uh, Bremerton, or, yeah, the um, Port Orchard, sorry, um, you'll see that it's got a magenta dotted line. That's okay. Class Echo or Class E airspace. Okay. Any, anywhere in this dotted, that's to the surface. Contact the uh, airport managers. So if you can't contact the tower, you contact the airport manager and say, hey, I'm going to be flying. This is where I'll be. Cool thing about Sky Vector is say, I'm going to be like right here. I right click on that and I give it the, I say plan. Uh, whoops. I zoomed so, a bit. <laughs> Uh, maybe I should create a separate video for this okay. for use with SkyVector. But this tool, what it allows you to do and is it allows you to put a point and then, um, and then you would say a distance from the, the uh, closest, what's called NAVAID. Uh, um, so for this one, the closest NAVAID would be SeaTac's NAVAID. Okay. And so it would get a distance that you could use um, when you contact the when you contact the airport that says, hey, I'm going to be off of this radial, off, and that's what the, this radial here, it, and SkyVector gives you those coordinates, and it'll give you the distance. Okay. I'll be on this radial out this far. And, and that, then, that's it's useful in the conversation when you talk to the airport manager yeah. or you talk to the tower because they need to know exactly where you're going to be. Right? Exactly. Right, and so this, this aids you in sort of, Making sure you're giving them that that information that it's it's in a form that they can consume and then they know exactly where you're at. Exactly. Versus you're calling them like, well, I'm standing here, <laughs> uh, and yes. I'm by the, the I'm down by the water just outside of uh, Allen, right, or whatever. And yeah. You, do, you don't quite know, right? And I know Allen because that's where I, I personally grew up and my oh. parents live out there, okay. so I, I I go out there quite a bit. And so y you want to be able to understand this enough to give the tower that yes. you're calling enough information so that they just go, I, otherwise they're like, I have no idea where you're talking so, about. So, yeah, what they'll do is um, they'll also notify any incoming pilots if, if they're going to be flying over where you're going to be flying. They'll just say, hey, there's uh, SUAS operations going on over here off of this radial um, and just watch out. It's just like coming across a, bunch, a flock of geese. Yep. Um, you don't want that in the pattern. Um, when you're trying to land an airplane, right. you're already under enough stress. And would you say, um, and it's just my experience, of, I've done this like once, like in an area that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna be questionable. So okay. um, most time when you call, when you call a tower, like, the, is you say, hey, I'm going to be here. This is my location, GPS location. You give them coordinates. Yeah. I'm going to be flying under the 400 feet limit, um, probably from this time to this time, 
you know, from now for like the next 30 minutes or whatever. And for the most part, the tower people are like, okay, no problem. Thanks for like, I just want to know where you're at and what you're doing. And, yep. and I, I haven't had any issues. And most of the people I've talked to that have gone through that experience haven't had any issues with, with that. When you, start, when you start making those calls over in this area, they're going to get a little testier. Totally understood, right? But, I, 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 <laughs> but I, over here, but I tend, but I over here they're going to say, thank you for yeah, calling. Yeah, I personally tend to avoid this area because it's a little more complicated in, yes. in that, that airspace yeah. that, that, you, that you, you go to. They'll so. also um, they'll advise you not to fly if, say, there's something, some air show or something going on in that area. Um, in which some cases they'll throw up what's called a temporary flight restriction. Right. Which you'll see around Seahawk games and around Safeco Field, the soccer games, yep. NASCAR, etc. You know, so any of these uh, venues that, that carry more than 30,000 people, um, they'll throw up a, a TFR, a temporary flight restriction, in, in that area that they've defined. Um, it's a big no-no to fly, even manned aircraft. Yeah, and you see those. I, I, I mean, I, I, um, the guy I used to carpool with is a pilot, and oh, neat. And I used to, we used to talk about this stuff all the time when we, we carpooled to, to work, and um, you see those happen. The, the flight restrictions pop up all the time for yeah, we'll see if we all sorts of events that go on. Yeah, there's a bunch of a bunch of it. Uh, also, fires. So if uh, if they're bringing in aerial fire support, okay. Um, Definitely don't fly around there. And that's an interesting one because uh, there's a bunch of people that, that want to get involved in, hey, I want to go film with my Mavic or my Phantom, these fires, but it's actually not necessarily the smartest thing to go do. Unless <laughs> you're part of the operation, don't do it. Yeah, it's, it's Do just, not do it. Even no. as a hobbyist, it's a risky thing to be doing. You're risking lives. Yeah. Uh, because you're risking the firefighters' lives at that point because they might not be able to get the fire suppression down. Um, to to help them make their way, uh, fire suppression to save a house. Um, how you know what if you had a brush fire around your house and firefighters weren't able to get to it? You'd want somebody's butt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, so we talked about a little bit of places to fly. This um, is kind of cool. There's no TFRs that I <laughs> yeah. can spot in there. <laughs> uh, anything else about the airspace that the Chanel right off the bat? I mean, these charts are confusing. Yeah. If you've never seen one of these before, they're, they could be very confusing. They're, once you start digging into them, the language is easy, just, just like another computer language. Yeah. Um, they're very easy to read. You can just look at a section and go, okay, I'm going go, to be at this altitude here, here, and here, or, um, or I can right-click here and I can get um, the phone number for, for a, uh, an airport. Yeah. The airport and, and the FAA has tried and other Third party people have tried to make this easier with like the before you fly up and stuff like that. Um, but to me, there's, to me, I was like, okay, there's nothing better than actually just learning to yeah. read the charts because the charts are important. So I, you know, I would encourage people, those apps are great and they help you with stuff, but learn to read the charts because it, it, it's, it's uh, interesting to understand. Like, especially if, you may do un you may UAVs and you, you may get involved, but then later on you may get wanting to get your private pilot's license, and in that case you're going to want to know these charts even more after that. Yeah, so. exactly. And so I use a app called ForeFlight for my for my commercial or when I'm flying a manned aircraft. And oh, hello, 
Let's go later, please. <laughs> um, and so I, I tie it with a GPS, right. and, and it tells me where I'm at on the, uh, on the map, and it tracks it nicely for me, um, makes it really easy. And it will also, if I've got my data with me, and I'm below 5,000 feet, it will also pick up more current weather data as well. The new ADSB requirements for 2020 for manned aircraft, um, you'll actually get that weather data um, from, from the base stations. Ah. Nice. Well, the and then you brought, you, so you have a tablet oh, yeah. where you do GPS and you brought this radio. What, yeah. What, tell yeah. us so, a little bit about that radio. Um, so this is a, a Yasel 550L. Uh, it's got the lithium battery. Um, this is a uh, air-to-air radio. Uh, so it allows me to, uh, to communicate. Um, so if I'm in my manned aircraft and my radio goes down, which has happened a couple times, I can... I can crack this open and I can talk to the airspace or tower, the controller, uh, ground, whoever I need to chat with. When I'm out flying my drone, I just pop this in, uh, I just set the frequencies to, if I'm near an airport, um, I'll, I'll just enter the um, frequency for the, for the airspace. Which, for people to know, is another thing that's on the charts. Yes, you can find, <laughs> so you can you can find can it on the charts, you can find it on... Uh, you can, you know, you can find it on ForeFlight. You can find it on on most of your charting apps. Yeah. Um, yeah. We can we can pop open the Bremerton here, and uh, as you can see here, uh, I can get the weather. Uh, this gives me um, air traffic control center, um, and then CTAF. This is the common. This is the common frequency that I would. I would dial in if I'm flying or if I'm flying my drone somewhere around it. I can monitor takeoffs, landings, pattern. And it's interesting. I mean, yeah. if you're if you're interested in that sort of stuff, to even even if you don't have a two-way radio, you can buy it. There's there's versions of those that are just scanners, right? That listen, yeah, you listen can to yeah, you can monitor. But it's really good to have the broadcast ability. Yeah. Um, in the emergency, um, if you have a flyaway and you're near and you're near an airport. Ah. Guess what you want to do? You want to talk want to, to the tower right and just away. say, there is a UAV on its way. It's headed yeah. this way, and I don't have control. Yeah, which is interesting, because right before we started filming, we were talking about, and we, we went back and forth. Yeah. There was some email earlier today. Uh, there's some GPS issues going on locally here where there's people that have had their, their phantoms and stuff fly away as a result of... Uh, yeah, so maybe not maybe not their phantoms, but this was a, a manned aircraft. Um, uh, this was a manned aircraft scenario that was the um, that was told to us on the uh, Fat PNW or Flights Across the Pacific Northwest page, and um, and it's by design. These are <laughs> GPS interruptions by design by Fleet Command right now. And so what they're doing is they're interrupting GPS. And so uh, one, of, one of my friends has this, has this track. He's, he's coming down here, and he wants to come in here. And then all of a sudden, he finds himself in Eatonville. Yeah, so it's a GPS. 641 <laughs> knots. A, C, a Cessna yeah. 172 doesn't do 641 knots. Um, and that was due to the, the GPS interruption. So you can see 
right here. Once again, this is a Cessna 172. Max, max speed is 160 knots or else the wings are coming off. 641 knots. So you can see, whoop, is and it, then all of a sudden he's somewhere else. Yeah. And so, um, and they do this on, the, on purpose. Yes. Right? And it, is there, and there's, is there any known, they, do they publish when they're going to do this? That, that was yes, a question. Yes, they do. Because it, it, that's another important thing, because if, if you're flying unmanned aircraft and they rely on GPS to determine where they're at and so on and so forth, it'd be, it's, it's another interesting aspect to know, like, hey, they're going to do this interruption. You may not want to plan your event yeah, around this interruption. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and one of the things that man, man pilots do when they're, when they're flying longer distances is they file what's called a flight plan where they'll get a briefing for the area. Um, and it's actually, it's a really good idea to do a briefing anyway. And as a part, part 107 pilot, even a recreational pilot, you can do the same thing. And so what you do is you call 1-800-WX-BRIEF and you say you want to talk to, uh, you want to talk to a briefer and then you just say where you're going to fly, how long you're going to be flying, uh, what your waypoints are and, um, and they'll give you a briefing for those areas. And one of the things that they'll do is they'll tell you about, it's called a NOTAM. So this is a NOTAM that talks about uh, GPS interference testing and all times are in Zulu so you can also get these on the FAA website um, but what this does is it says hey these are the dates these are the times that we're gonna be interfering GPS interesting I didn't yeah. even know they did this so well that was, that was the, <laughs> here's the area this is the Puget Sound area 70, 73 nautical mile radius at 50 feet is the interruption. So if you're flying a drone above 50 feet and you're not on Addy, guess what? You've got a chance for a flyaway right. because GPS is just going to go nuts. And that, that was a, that was a, you brought that up earlier today when we were chatting over email and I was like, that's, that's interesting. I didn't even know it was happening. And so that, that's. Yeah, it was, it was good news for me. Like, hey, <laughs> maybe I should pay attention to that stuff. Okay, um, last thing. There's, there's, what's up with this Feinstein stuff? Like, there's a very oh interesting. Like, I think it's the last topic. We'll, yes, we'll talk yeah. about this real quick and uh, she, let people know. Uh, yeah. So um, this is going. This is supposed to be a nationwide uh, um, bill that allows localities to define airspace for. Uh, to, to define the lower airspace. Now, there's little no chance that this is going through, but um, stranger things have happened in mm -hmm. uh, recent political history. Right. Uh, so what this, th what this does is it takes away the ability for the FAA to control the airspace and, and do what they... Yeah, so in a sense, what, she's, what they're proposing is a new bill that says, hey... Um, local localities will be able to control the airspace from the ground to so many feet, yep. and then the FAA will control from that location yeah. to forever, the, the infinite. Uh, and so if that passes, then it'll change this whole dynamic of, of what it means to fly your drone, fly anything, yeah. basically. And so there's, there's a heated debates going on I've, I've, on both sides yeah. of this, yeah. <laughs> of how this gets controlled. But it's just another, 
Then another thing that happens. The, right? It's kind of bad for for Amazon and and UPS. Right. Any of those that want to do some drone delivery. Drone business. delivery would be highly impacted by this by yeah. this bill based on that um, because they can't. They would have to deal with every local jurisdiction to get approval versus just going to the FAA to work on their approvals. Right? So because you it, saw the charts, right? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine what the charts would look like if if this bill passes, right? Yeah. Because you're going to have something local similar to that sectional, and you'll need one for each locale you're going to. Yeah, yeah. so, um, and local cities and counties are popping up their own ordinances that, that, um, that more than likely won't test, a, won't stand a, a legal test yeah. um, because it. Uh, but I mean, it, it, it's good for people to be aware of it. Like whether, whether you're for it or against it, I, that's a debate we could, people could talk about. Yeah, I don't, this is going to be bad for business. I don't business want to get into that. Past. Like okay. you could be against it or for <laughs> it. That, that, that personally doesn't matter to me. Like it, me, it's more awareness. You make your own decision on whether you, you want to be for or against it and how it impacts you. Yes, because yeah. a lot of people like, I don't fly drones, I don't care, whatever. Okay, that's fine. Like, but you, you may or may not have a, an opinion on it one way or the other. So um, great, I will put, you know, you, I'll, we'll get back and forth and yeah, I'll get, we'll a, get a bunch of links. links. We'll put them in the show notes. Um, uh, if people are interested in hearing more from Eric and, and the things he has to know, well, do you let us know in the comments and we could talk more detail about other topics related yeah, to we, this going forward. We can, we can do a lot. Awesome. It's been great having you and fly safe. Thanks.